from the UK, broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club, hosted by Douglas Hammond Dishe. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. That's right, people. Just getting warmed up, getting this show started. Hope you guys are good. Hope you guys are living your best life, doing your thing, keeping yourself safe and all that. It's Douglas Hammond D. with another episode of the Mic Drop Club. Just setting up things here right in the studio. Now, this week, I want to share with you a few insights in terms of what's been going on in my life and, you know, how I've been keeping myself buoyant. Um, it's all about being able to reflect back on things that have happened in my life um, a bit more objectively, try to remove some of the you know, the heat, some of the the bias I have when I tend to reflect. Because a lot of people, when they do reflect, they add their own stories, as they were, to try and make themselves or make the event seem more favourable in their, in their camp. So what I've tried to do is try to, when I'm doing my reflection, is to think back and test it against proven uh, metrics. For example, did you achieve your your targets in terms of reaching out to people that week? Did you make the money that you intended to make that week? Did you contact the right people in the right time frame? Opposed to sometimes we have these goals that are a bit more wishy-washy. So that that's really helped for me. It helped me um remain level-headed and focused. So hopefully you guys are in the same boat, the same focused, your you're still hitting your targets as it were. Um, it's a very, very, very um, important thing to do. Important things to do. So let's take a look at what's been happening around the world. You know, we're still having the issue in the US with um, whether or not, um, you know, they had the impeachment hearing with Donald Trump. And again, there were lessons learned in around an impeachment um, situation where you get literally the the Congress themselves, who are mostly lawyers in that um, in that camp, they're the ones that will be passing judgment whether or not you're Democrat or Republican. But watching this unfold over the last week, you know, hearing the arguments for or against, when we all had access to the media footage as it was happening, these 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 riots that took place on Capitol Hill. It was just amazing, absolutely amazing to to see and hear how this has been interpreted by people in very powerful and influential um, positions within the US. So it just makes you think for for a minute that 
not everything is cast iron. Not everything is an open, shut case. There are things that will happen. There are things that we um, go through, um, that we experience, that make us say, wow, take a step back. You know, you, don't, you didn't actually see it with the same lens I saw it. You, what, what you saw <laughs> is something completely different. So that's what that was about. And um, yeah, I'm even to, to this very day still thinking and reeling about those lessons learned there. Because how many times have we said to somebody this statement? Everybody knows that. Just be honest. How many times have you said to yourself, you know, <laughs> everybody knows that. Let's get into this show, guys. Let's have some fun. And let's, let's break bread and um, really see where we can take this conversation today. So let's go. Live from the UK, broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club, hosted by Douglas Hamandiche. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. That's right, people. That's what we do around here. On a Thursday afternoon, the Mic Drop Club. Douglas Hammond DJ here to give you a weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, asking you to reset and rethink that which we think we know and move forward in a more progressive way to achieve our biggest, brightest goals. So, how are you guys doing out there? Today, we're going to be, have, we're going to be joined today by Jonas Freud, all the way from Sweden, and we're going to be talk, talking about um, a few issues there. I think he's got a, a saying about let it, let it, make it rain. I think it's make it rain, which is a, a beautiful, beautiful way to address um, a subject in around motivation. So I will let him join the show at some point and then we'll talk to you guys about that. But as I'm here on my own, I'm never really on my own. I've got the viewers out there. I want to talk to you about three things. When you hear the word um, accountability, responsibility and authority, this came up in a conversation I was having with one of my um. My, my friends today in around work, you know, um, accountability, responsibility, and authority. How does that impact on your day-to-day life? You know, what do you feel responsible for? Um, who gives you the authority for that? And <laughs> are you truly responsible for the outcome? You know, are you accountable for it? Like, so all, all too often, like, when growing up, your parents would tell you, go put out the trash, go put out the rubbish, because they have the authority over you, right? So they give you a command. But in that moment, as you are putting out the rubbish, you have a responsibility. It was given to you by your parents. 
And on top of that, you're accountable for putting out the rubbish in accordance to how they have instructed you to, instructed you to do. And if anything goes wrong, you're the one, <laughs> you're the one to blame, right? You know, if, if, the, if the foxes or the cats are rubbish through the rubbish before the dustbin have time to collect it, usually you might be in trouble, you know, because you still own, um, to a degree, uh, are responsible for, for going out the trash and making sure that it's in a fit condition for the refuse collectors to go and collect it. So that's a very clear situation where we are looking at addressing um, responsibility. Have you ever felt that you have been given before your time authority to do something? Now you've got this authority. You might have not done it. You might have not felt um, you had the right to have this authority, but it's now put upon you. Fatherhood is one of those, particularly for young, young men who find themselves in a position where they have to step up to the plate and become a father, raise a child. They might not be physically, emotionally, psychologically ready, but now they're in a position whereby they have authority over this, this life. And what will they do to help sustain, look after this life? You know, that's a very, very um, big thing in young, young adults' um, life. It can shake you to the core. I've seen this affect very successful people in the Middle Ages. You know, I remember counseling a, a young man and he was going through depression. Um, his part, they've been trying for kids and, and his partner announced they're having twins. This was not just one child, obviously it's twins, they're two. And he was troubled. He doubted his ability to be able to raise his children. So that's the situation now. You've got authority. And with authority comes great responsibility and power. The responsibility is given to you by the state. If you're also um, having religious persuasion by your creator as well, you know, you have the authority, you have the responsibility, and you're accountable for how you raise these children all in one go, even before you might be perceiving that you have the right skills to do so. They don't really teach parenting class at school. Not for boys, at least. I don't remember having it. In fact, I don't really remember having um, parental, direct parenting um, training um, through my parents. I don't remember it. It was kind of like expected for you to know based upon you, you being part of a family yourself. You can replicate the way that your mom or your dad raised you and think, okay, fine, I have a fair idea of how this thing is going to go down. Okay, but is that enough? Is that enough? I don't think it is. There's a lot when it comes to raising children. You know that, yes, you're an authority, but you need training to understand how to manage your own emotions, how to manage your finances. And now it's not just you, yourself, and your PlayStation. It's you, yourself, and this little bundle of joy. You know, what tools do you have at your disposal? Do you have the right educational background to give you that head start 
to enable you to even teach knowledge back to your child. You know, so this all of a sudden having authority can be frightening. We've seen on news people who when in the position of power, abuse it. They have authority. They abuse it. And some people say, some people tell themselves as part of internal, this is an internal dialogue. Some people tell themselves internally, I would never want to be um, famous. I would never want to be financially um, liberated, i.e. rich financially, because I don't want the authority that comes with it. I don't want this this power. And so what they tend to do is sabotage themselves um, from reaching those higher levels because they don't want no authority. They rather fly low under the radar. You can only do that for a period of time, you know, because within every situation, within every situation, there's an element of which you have authority. You might not have it for, um, in a way that affects a large group of people, a large corporation, but you will also have authority even for the smallest things. Prisoners within their cell do have an element of authority, particularly over the thoughts that you have for yourself. You know, you choose, you decide what you do with these thoughts that come to your head. You know, I, 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 like, I like to use the example of a TV editing suite where you can see the director, editors sitting behind lots of monitors, lots of screens. Yeah? You have authority of picking the right scene to help drive your day. You respond because you have all these scenes in your mind, you pick the ones that hold weight for you. You pick the ones that, that you gravitate towards. That's what you do. You do that all the time. You know, we take it for granted, but that's a situation you have authority. You have authority over your thoughts. And you are responsible for that, um, the result of these thoughts if you action them. Actions, favorite actions, are equal and opposite reaction. We know this. So, you know, in terms of the um, uh, authority piece, accountability piece, and the responsibility piece is all yours and your manifested in your, in your actions. We are a product of our actions. Yeah? Everything that you have right now in, in this world is based upon, is based upon what you know. And what you did with what you knew. So your actions. Everything you don't have in this world, you could also say it's based upon things that you don't know, that you can't action. So if you want to achieve a greater level of success in this world, I will subscribe to you. You need to seek knowledge. You need to seek out information of which you too have the authority to go and seek out knowledge. Because nobody now, I'm um, doing a Google search right now on this session, just talking to you. No one is telling me or compelling me I'm not able to um, reach out to anybody. I will subscribe to you. No one. You need to seek. No.
No one is doing that. That is purely my choice. I have the right to do that myself. And so do you. So it's important for you to seek out knowledge, seek out a, a situation where you can um, 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 gain a better understanding of something that you want to understand. You know, and don't be scared to test your knowledge. I was talking to my daughter the other day in around what we deem as knowledge. And I was taught by my parents that um, when you take a look at the word knowledge, knowledge itself has two words assigned to it. Two words assigned to it. There's a knowing component and there's a ledge component. And for everything that we think we know, we are moving our knowing closer to a ledge that we can fall off the ledge. Yeah. And that could be frightening. Say you say your understanding of calculus is only enough to get you past GCSE. You know, there's a deeper level of calculus. And if you're pushed to answer questions in, on a deep level of calculus, you might start panicking. Your heart rate starts increasing. You start sweating, thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. Yeah. Because you're being pushed closer and closer to the ledge of your understanding of something. We go through these things all the time, from even parents when, when, a, child asks, um, when a child asks a parent, why is the sky blue? Why is the sun yellow in the sky? Why, did, why does the sea look, look, look that color? Whatever the case may be, if a parent doesn't understand um, metaphysics and how this world operates, the physical, the physical world operates, they might give the child the wrong answer. And if the child is inquisitive and continues to probe and ask for question, ask, ask the questions, you can you can see or you can predict that the parent will slowly start to lose patience. You know, with my children, typically, I'm a person that you can ask me a question once or twice, a third time, if I keep giving giving keep giving you an answer, you're not accepting it. I'll start getting frustrated. I'll start presenting myself as if I am angry. <laughs> In fact, depending on what it is, I might actually be angry. So um, it is. It is all to do with you recognizing that it's only it's recognizing the process. What is actually happening there? Well, what is happening is I'm being dragged closer and closer, yeah, to the edge, the ledge of my understanding of that subject. Because everything that we know about the physical world and every dimension of life itself, yeah, is based upon limitations, you know, gaps in knowledge. Nothing is absolute. We don't have an absolute understanding of every, any and everything. We have understanding, but there are always gaps. And when you go up another level, those gaps are exposed. Some of the formulas, some of the theories, some of the, the, the principles don't stack up in certain conditions. Okay, it doesn't mean that um, certain principles are wrong. It just means that it can it gives you understanding up to a, very, a certain degree. So as we're pursuing and going on this, this quest for life, you know, if you look at your surroundings and look at your, your bank balance typically, and it doesn't excite you, it doesn't make you feel good, it doesn't make you feel, you know, happy, you know, there are things that we can do about that. Sure. There are things we could do about that. The question is this, do you have the appetite to do those things, to, rec to reconcile, to improve, to get better? Do you have the, the fortitude, you know, to accept that you don't know something? 
you know, or are you looking for permission to go and learn? You know, and this this permission comes from people that have not fully grasped that they have authority a lot more than they, than, than, than they do have. Yeah. So they seek to understand through asking permission. You know, when, I, when you're a child and you want to go out and play, the way you present that statement to your parents is in a way that it's also asking permission and also saying it in such a way that will diminish any, um, will tries to, tries to lower any potential of the parents saying no. For example, what are you doing, Douglas? You know, I will respond, I'm just, I use the word, I am just talking to my friend. Not I'm talking to my friend, or I'm just going out to play. So you, the just in, it, in itself, it lowers the, the impact of what you're actually doing. So it allows for, or it pretends to seek more validation and approval than a statement saying, I'm going to see my friends, I am playing, I am reading, which is a more absolute terms and clear, um, clearly defined as what you're actually doing. You see, when you say I'm just, you're introducing um, this, this whole fear component around your ability to make your own decisions. Typically children say, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing music. I'm just, you know, so as we grow, you can actually see the manifestation of people who, who reconcile, recognize that they don't have authority in around certain things. When somebody asks you something you don't know, the correct answer, the correct response would be to admit that which you don't know and where you have the time, the inclination uh, to say, let's go and explore and find the solution, the answer together. Or let me get back to you when I've done my own research. But typically people sometimes who are overzealous with their authority will give you an answer and, and, then, and, then, and then hide behind the position they have over you in their authoritative sense of the word. I am your dad. I've told you the sky is blue because God painted it blue. Accept it and move on. You know, it's abuse of power to shield their lack of knowledge. Because if you probe that father a couple more times, they'll start to panic. They'll start to really understand that their knowledge is limited. <laughs> in the question posed by the home child. So going back to um, fatherhood, uh, it's important, as I believe it anyway, I don't try to preach, I just give my, uh, my view on things. I, I believe it's, um, it's important for people to educate themselves effectively, you know, be able to step outside of cultural norms in order for them to raise the child because when you're blessed in the situation to be a father it's your opportunity to to take um positive lessons from both your parents that raised you and instill it on your child it's not about replicating every single thing that you have experienced onto your child you know i don't think that's cool i don't think that's the right way to, to go about doing things at all yeah, you need to be conscious, be awake. We're all victims of victims. If we all agree to that, we all subscribe to that, then the answer is simple. Introduce new concepts, new principles that reflect the time that you're living in. Because we are living in a different time. 
You know, there was growing up in the UK um, in the um, 80s, chastisement was just coming out. But it was very much the end thing for the school I went to. They kept it going probably a couple of years after it was outlawed. Teacher could never raise a hand <laughs> to a child now. Rightfully so, it's a different time. So when we look back and we reflect as well, also things were never better back in the day. Things were just back in the day. We adapted. We made the best of what we knew from the back in the day scenario. Yeah, we, that's all what we did. That is all what we did. So, um, yeah, back to if the fatherhood <laughs> experience. So now you're in a position of authority and you've got accountability. Yeah? The state is holding you accountable. That's a pressure in terms of ensuring that you raise the child in accordance to what the state expects you to raise the child. This can also present challenges for, um, for younger people and older people, particularly those people who have steadfast <laughs> beliefs, but they're operating in a system that is that is not conducive for those belief systems to flourish. You could be devout anything, but this country is not based upon a devout set of principles. You know, those days are over. Yes, the queen is the head of the church, yes, but the church is playing a less and lesser role in society. So therefore, if you have very um, steadfast Robustly, um, um, robust views that are not open to some sort of flexion, into 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 reflection, you know, and progressive um, thinking. You find yourself now thinking the state is your enemy, you know, because you you don't want you, the ideals of the state are not the ideals that you want to raise this child in. There's a lot of things happening out there and your children are going to be exposed to it, but they're conditioned for this time they're born in. As you were conditioned for the time that you were born in, I've seen, I hear many parents talking about these kids now that can't, can't do anything. I went out back in the day, another, another retrospective um, expression, we used to play outside, um, fly kites, all of those things. Yeah, it's true. But you couldn't, you didn't have the dexterity, you didn't have the tenacity to do some of these things that these younger generations are doing right now. You didn't. You are built for a time that you were born into. So these kids, they have a different skill set and they come to this world with a tremendous amount of knowledge. They pick up technology so, so quick. So, so quick. Two and a half, three they're already um, engaging with buttons on the iPad and, 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 and um, going through various apps. They can do that, you know? So to, comparison is always the path to failure anyway. So we shouldn't pair, um, compare like for like. These are different times. So being accountable to the state comes with it, its own set of pressures, right? But this responsibility is something that I, I believe... It might look like the lowest common denominator after all of them, but responsibility is, is, is something that without it, you don't move. Without that responsibility, we don't move. 
that there's a sense of knowing and understanding that actually you are responsible for what happens in your life. You are responsible for your relationships. You know, you are responsible for your academic progression. You are responsible for, for, for even the, the, the vibes that you give off and the vibes that you receive back. You are responsible for that. The quicker you accept responsibility, I think the quicker you'll be in a situation whereby accountability and authority comes more naturally to you because responsibility is always there. If you walk, um, if you step outside your house and the house is full of rubbish, full of rubbish, like on the street, everything, you've got, you got option. You can walk past it and you can comment to your, your friends on, on, as you walk through the rubbish that you live in a dirty neighborhood. Right? You can do that. A lot of people do that. I hate living in this area. It's so dirty. <laughs> or you could decide, just pick up some litter as you move. You can. No one's stopping you. But a lot of people don't. They rather complain and don't do anything about it. So much of our behavior is based upon copying other people. I think if everybody saw that there were people focused on keeping the environment clean, they too might feel they should keep the environment clean. But if everyone's looking for somebody else to be responsible for, for doing that outside of the refuse collection, guys or girls, that only gets done once a week in some areas, once every two weeks. Yeah, you live in a dirty neighborhood, but you're culpable too. Yes, you didn't throw the litter, but you were past it. And knew that it was upsetting you and did nothing with it. You are waiting for somebody with authority to tell you. And more than likely, if somebody with authority told you to go and clean up that mess, you probably tell them to go to hell, right? Because <laughs> it's not your job. You see? It's not your job. It's not your job. And that, that, that to me, uh, um, it kind of saddens me. We all have responsibility. Responsibility is there all the time. Find something that you're passionate about and then ask yourself, what are you, what are you doing about it? How many times have you caught feelings or, 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 at a commercial break and you see like a one-eyed donkey? <laughs> Or, uh, or animal being abused or something you feel passionate about but did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Your one pound a month donate, donation that you didn't actually send is not going to be able to do anything. Then, then what you do is typically you make excuses as to why you didn't donate one pound, two pound, three pound per month for that course to, to, to calm your nerves. Because you feel bad because you're in, in your, your inherent nature wants to help, wants to do something. And you suppressed it. So now you have to justify the su suppression. They will just steal my money. It'll go to some big chief exec. That donkey would never get the money in the first place. Furthermore, why does donkeys want money in the first place? What can a don donkey do with the money? So all these things in your head just to... You know, that's why when we walk down the street, 
and we see somebody that's um, in a worse, con- worse condition, somebody homeless, typically, and they look up at you and they give you that smile, you know, and they say something in terms of, you know, they've got a placard on around the chest and they're saying something to you about um, donate money, give them some money and all that kind of stuff for a meal. We tend to not give them the eye contact back. We tend to not look at them. And if we do look at them and retina to retina connect, either we look away rather sharply or we look to then justify why we're not going to give this guy money. Yeah. And it might even trouble you the whole day because <laughs> there's always a price to pay. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Check it. Yep. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Giving. Not giving. Giving. Receiving. Sorry. Yeah. So when you give, you receive something back. So sometimes you say to yourself, you know, I'm having a crap day. The day is going wrong. Everything's not ticking over the way I want it to. I don't feel good about myself. Well, there's a price for that. Maybe if you gave the person on the, on the, on the street five pounds, maybe you'd have received back an, an energy source of appreciation. doesn't matter what they choose to spend the money on. That's irrelevant. That's not your business. But you would have been the recipient of a warm, glowing feeling about your body, in around your girth, going around your girth, making you feel positive about yourself. And yes, it cost you five pounds. But everything has a price, you know? Monetary value, psychological value, spiritual value, physical value. You have to pay a price for everything that you experience in this world. You have to come come to terms with that is is another way that you can move forward in this world. It's another way that you can be progressive. Just understand that that's what life is. You're going to pay. (laughs) There's talk about the... um, the law of equivalent exchange, as demonstrated in the in the in the, the kids' cartoon the Alchemist, which is not really a kids' cartoon. It's it's more like these Japanese manga type things, and they have their a philosophical um, under undercurrent understory playing in around the law of equivalent exchange. For you to obtain anything in this material world, something of equal value must first be surrendered. And a lot of people who take a look at that and say, oh, it's wishy-washy. What does it mean? Yeah. In order for you to obtain something in this world, something of equal value must be given up. Well, the problem what we have here is an equivalent exchange. Who determines equivalency? Well, that's the universe. That is, that is it. You know, if it was two people bartering before money was um, into, came into circulation. When somebody wanted eggs and somebody had, say, a goat, the two would have to agree on what is equivalent. 
the equivalent exchange, they will say, okay, fine. Your goal is equal to 6x, 12x, 24x, whatever it is. They would agree. If one farmer says, actually, a goal is equivalent to one egg, that farmer's rate is one egg. There wasn't any universal common law to govern the value of things until we found money and discovered, oh, we not found money, until we made up the monetary system, yeah? Where we started making money um, pegged against something that we all agree as a people, a community, such as gold, it has this value. So the law of equivalent exchange works on the principle that if you want to achieve something in this, this world, you have to give us something of equal value, equivalent value. So for example, if you want to be um, a, a competition-ready athlete, yeah, what you have to give up, yeah, at the right time is energy, yeah, for training. Your physical status has to be improved. You have to give up eating crap, yeah? Eat, um, sleep in the right time, training, condition your body. Your mind has to be competition ready. So you, so when the, when the Gatling gun goes off, you're already running. And that's, that's part of another story, not another uh, motivational talk we will we'll leave for another time. But that's what I'm talking about. So for you to be competition ready, you're giving up a lot from a young age. You're repetitiously conditioning your body. Summer, autumn, winter. Spring, 365, you'll condition yourself. And sometimes these competition-ready athletes, they will do it for one opportunity. You're a 100-meter sprinter. Your whole career could come down to 10 seconds. Can you imagine training? Yeah, for years. Not going to the parties you want to go to. You know? Not associating with your friends, you know? Forcing yourself with the strictest diet regime for a moment that possibly lasts 10 seconds. Would you do it? If it's something you're passionate about, you might well do it. But for you to get the gold medal, outside of having talent, yeah, you have to give up the equivalent exchange of those things, those parameters I've just mentioned have to be given up or you won't make it. Because if you, if you don't give up enough uh, of, of uh, restraining yourself from eating the, uh, the bad foods, it will show in your, in your time on the track that you're not fast enough. You know, if you start subjecting yourself to ill thoughts, when the, when the gun goes off, you might think a negative thought. That slows your muscles from reacting quick enough. Again, slower time. You don't get the gold medal. So the equivalency is whatever it is that you want to achieve has that in it, inbuilt into it. You might not know it, but all those who have achieved um, excellence reach the zenith in their careers. All those who reach the zenith in their careers understand that principle. And they'll do what it takes. And if they don't know what they have to give up, they'll keep on giving up, keep on giving up, keep on giving up until they're giving up enough, yeah, to get that medal. 
And this is true for anything. You could pick any subject matter, any sport, any vocation, any profession, a profession, anything. There's a, the, the law of equivalent exchange is undeniable. It is what is working right now as I'm sitting here talking to you guys out there. It's working right now. It's worked for me and it will continue to work. So you guys, you have to man- let that man- manifest. Let me see what's happening here. Let me see one minute. Uh, okay, I got a message. Let's see what's happening. Here. Yeah. Yeah, let, let that manifest. Let it play on your mind um, in, in, in a very positive way. You know, everything I'm saying to you here is made, for, is made and designed to um, motivate you, to inspire you, to keep pushing and moving yourself forward. Okay? Um, we've, we've touched many things today, and I wish you an, another powerful week. We'll catch up with Jonas on the, on the next round. The Mic Drop Club. But you guys stay safe. Love you guys out there. Each one. Teach one. This is Douglas Samadish for the Mic Drop Club. I'm out. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out micdropclub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life, make life boom.